listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Whitney City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate, I hope everybody enjoys it and it's good for everyone. Welcome to episode number 150, and we have a special holiday treat this week on Windy City Slam. We welcome to the show WWE alumnus, a former hardcore champion who had a great run at the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression era, the winner of the first season of WWE Tough Enough, Maven. Plus, we're going to get into what possibly is one of the top matches of the year in freelance wrestling. Warrior Wrestling had a great show, as well as Freelance Underground's The Final Countdown, and I was there at ringside taking in all the action. Did we get a conclusion to the final phase, the Project Monix story, as he took on Heavyweight Hustle and Calvin Tankman? We're going to get into all that in just a couple of minutes, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson and I'm your freelance underground independent champion and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, episode number 150. We're going to get to our special guest, WWE Tough Enough Champion, Maven, in just a few minutes. But first things first, we want to talk a little bit about one of Chicago's very own and some great news for her and potentially even greater news down the line. Kylie Ray had a WWE tryout. And then she made her debut as Brianna Ray against Dana Brooke on WWE main event this past week. The match was taped last week in Milwaukee and it aired on Thursday. Really cool stuff from Kylie Ray. And you can check that out now if you have a subscription to Hulu. WWE main event, Kylie Ray. All right, local wrestling. We have that huge freelance wrestling show, Deck the Halls with Balls of Fury. And that was this past Friday night, December the 16th, at Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. And here are the results of this action-packed show. Storm Grayson defeats Chico Suave, Angel Escalera, Sean Galway, Ezio Orlandi, and the Sorter Incredible Iverson in a six-man Freelance Academy scramble showcase after Grayson pins Galway following the knee trigger. GPA pinned Luigi Primo after an eye rake and a straight A. This was really entertaining with the dastardly heel GPA going up against the pizza man. And Luigi was flipping that dough all over the place. And uh, the fans were really digging into it. 
people talk about deep dish pizza in Chicago, but I personally like the tavern style. Not that deep dish is bad, but uh, I do have a preference. I do like the tavern style, but deep dish is okay too. Log live Chicago pizza, but GPA gets the victory here. August Matthews, stunning project. Monarchs getting the pin after Craig Mitchell's music starts playing over the PA. And then August Matthews hooks Monarchs win the cradle pin. And then we have the much-anticipated fans bring the presents match. And yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw. Big weekend for him. He starts it off with a pin over Matt Nix, following a curb stop into thumbtacks. And I just love this match. And there was all kinds of goodies around the ring, including a vintage Garfield telephone, which I popped hard for when I was watching an IWTV. And... I'm like, oh my God, I hadn't seen one of those in like 30 years since I saw them like in the catalogs, I saw them at the stores. <laughs> but they did not put that telephone to use. I was ex- fully expecting that, but I guess the telephone's okay. And that might be worth some money. So I'm kind of glad that they didn't break it. And then after intermission, we had the Freelance World Championship. Robert Ego Anthony with Frank the Clown at his side pins Mysterious Q following a Mandalorian driver after Frank the Clown interference. Six-person tag team match, and I really like this match. Pick and Pop and Kayla Cassidy defeat Sky's the Limit and Galera de Brezenas after Coda Hernandez hit de Brezenas with a spinning back fist and got the three count. Really like the team of Pick and Pop and Kayla Cassidy. I wouldn't mind seeing that again at some point. And then your main event, and probably one of the top matches in Chicago all year, and... Speedball Mike Bailey brings it no matter where he goes. And this guy has had a hell of a year in Impact Wrestling. He had that terrific match against Santana at Warrior Wrestling 19. He had that one-hour classic with Josh Alexander on Impact. He had some great X-Division title defenses as well. And in this match, Brian Keith retains the Freelance Legacy Championship. He pins Speedball Mike Bailey following the Emerald Tiger driver. Now, half this match was contested after the bottom rope broke. And it came on Mike Bailey's sliding dropkick on Keith through the ropes, and the rope just snapped. It gave way. And this match was so terrific. Like, almost the entire locker room came out to applaud and and give praise to Brian Keith and Speedball Mike Bailey. It was an amazing stuff. You had guys like GPA. You had Kylie Ray out there. You had well-respected Chicago veterans just giving their high praise to this match. Next Freelance Wrestling Show will be Saturday night, a rare Saturday appearance for Freelance, Saturday night, January the 14th at Logan Square Auditorium. Moving on to Freelance Underground's The Final Countdown at the Catini VFW in Joliet, and that was this past Saturday night, December the 17th. I was ringside for this terrific show, and first we had the Wrestling for a Cure Tag Team Championships. The Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, defeat Coco Lane and GPA after the Bang Bros pin GPA following the Riding the Bus Spear. And then we had an impromptu match with new NWA signee Joe Alonzo and Chico Suave. And Joe Alonzo gets the victory after he superplexes Chico and gets the pin. Freelance Underground Tag Team Championships, and they are on a roll right now. Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez retain over the team of Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi, and Ethan Price when Coda and Darius did the double team blockbuster in Orlandi, and Coda gets the pin. And then Brian Keith, fresh off his victory over Speedball Mike Bailey, 
gets the win over veteran Mojo McQueen after the Emerald Tiger driver. And there was some shady chicanery in this match with some voodoo. And Mojo actually almost got Brian Keith down with the black magic, but the referee interceded. Brian Keith recovered and won the match. And then Joliet's own Gunner Brave, the red hot Gunner Brave, who's also the Rocket Pro Outer Limits champion. This man is on fire, but one of the best wrestlers in the area that not a lot of people may be talking about. He pins Sabotage Sean Logan after a code red in a terrific match. And then in a three-way women's match, we had the Wild Unicorn Laney Luck defeating Kayla Cassidy and Big Al Alice Crowley when Laney gets the pin on Big Al holding her tights for leverage. And in your main event of the evening, this is a match 14 months in the making since Tankman wrestled Monix at the final phase in Itasca in October of 2021. And Project Monix comes up short. Calvin Tankman extends his run past 400 days, defeating Project Monix after a second Tankman driver following interference from James Russo that backfired. James was on the apron, and then Monix tried to nail Tankman. Tankman sidesteps him, and Monix drills Russo. Russo goes down hard to the outside floor, and then Tankman nails the Tankman driver, gets the three count. Tankman laid out for several minutes after the match, and I wasn't sure what to make of the aftermath. Uh, James Russo came over and got Monix up, and then Monix walked out. And I guess there's more to this story to be told, and I really thought Monix was going to win this match. And once again, they kind of threw another curveball at us with this. And what is next for Project Monix? I guess we'll see at Freelance Underground's next show which is Saturday, February 11th in Joliet. And for more Freelance Underground coverage from this show, stay tuned to Windy City's Slam social media, and there'll be a story and a recap and photos coming to WindyCitySlam.com very soon. And then Saturday night, December the 17th as well, we had Warrior Wrestling 26 back at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. And these results courtesy of Sean Lennon and Pro Wrestling Enforcer Podcast. Trevor Outlaw with Frank the Clown gets the victory over the Manser, Mance Warner, via a countout. Then we had St. Louis's Tootie Lynn defeating Kylan King. Zachary Wentz defeats Speedball Mike Bailey. Slime Season defeats Technical Difficulties in Tag Team Action. And one of my guys, Jordan Cross, gets the victory over EC3 via a countout. So two of my favorite Windy City Slam podcast guests, Trevor Outlaw and Jordan Cross, getting victories on main card Warrior Wrestling. Good for them. And then we had Platinum Max Caster defeating Storm Grayson with Frank the Clown at his side. And then AEW star Eddie Kingston defeats Warhorse. And in your main event, and this was a terrific match, Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship Sam Adonis retains over Johnny Warrior, a.k.a. John Morrison. There were some hysterics with this match with jo- uh, Johnny Warrior's dripstick, and there was some spraying and stuff like that. And it didn't take away from the quality of the match. The, the match itself was awesome as well. 
But, you know, check out social media. Wrestling with Unicorns, I believe, had some great footage on this match available on their Instagram. So check out Wrestling with Unicorns there. And now Sam Adonis moves on to face El Hijo del Vikingo at Warrior Wrestling 27 next month in South Bend. And Kanosuke Tekeshta will also be there. And once again, thank you to Sean Lennon of Pro Wrestling Enforcer Podcast. You can check out PWE on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Sean does a great job with a lot of different interviews with folks from the local scene. Sean and I do get together from time to time on his show. He's also been on my show a couple of times. Please support Sean Lennon of Pro Wrestling Enforcer Podcast. And upcoming this weekend, not a lot of shows since it's the holiday weekend, but Friday night, December the 23rd, north of the border, we have Fourth Wall Wrestling's Wrestle All the Way at Buena Vista Banquets on Oklahoma in Milwaukee. And for the Gold Jackets, we have the Maidens of Iron defending against Country Air and Evil Athletes. For the Fourth Wall Women's Championship, Val Malone defending against Sierra and Blair Onyx in a triple threat. One-man riot squad Gunner Wicks takes on Jared Jacks. Joey Jet Avalon takes on Bad Buns Jay Fowler. And in a four corners of eggnog match, festive, it's Tyler Baggins taking on Marman. All right, coming up next, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast, former WWE superstar, former Tough Enough champion, the great Maven joins us. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Brand new SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Out in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. We have a very, very special treat, a Christmas present, if you will. This week on Windy City Slam podcast, we welcome to the show WWE alumnus, a former hardcore champion who had a successful run of a few years in WWE at the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression era, the winner of the first season of WWE Tough Enough. Ladies and gentlemen, the esteemed Maven. Maven, how are you? I'm well. I've never been a, uh, had an intro say I was a Christmas present, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, very excited to get you on in December, and we need to fill a little bit of time with the indies kind of going quiet around Christmas. So what a perfect time to bring in a former WWE superstar such as yourself. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, pretty amazing. It's been over 20 years since you endured that very first tough enough. 
And I've actually interviewed Chris Nowinski and Josh Matthews for other projects for Windy City Slam. So now I get to complete the male finalist trifecta for season one of Tough Enough by welcoming you, sir. I, yeah, I, uh, I can't believe it. I haven't seen, I saw Josh not too long ago um, at a, uh, a show that Cardona and Brian Myers were having. And it was the first time I'd seen Josh in years. But you know, Chris, I haven't seen him in ages, probably since, you know, since he was actually in the ring uh, back in, I would say, like 2003-ish. But like I've said in, in, in interviews and you know, stuff past, Chris, Josh, or myself all could have won tough enough. If, they, if either one of those guys would have won, the WWE would have been just fine because I believe just like it happened. I mean, I, I won, but all the other guys got jobs in the business. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe if one of those guys had won, I probably still could have, you know, had a job, you know, with the W with the WWF at the time. I mean, obviously I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I won. It made my path uh, a little clearer. I don't want to say easier, but clearer. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you know, both those guys had their own, skill set that I didn't have and you know I'm, I'm I can't believe it's been over 20 years but I'm still I'm still extremely honored the fact that I was able to to beat both of those guys for you know for the champion yeah but I'm happy with their success and I I'm very very happy with with what Chris Nowinski has been able to accomplish like I uh, what he's been able to do outside the ring far more important than what we did in the ring so, yes yeah a concussion legacy foundation great thing that chris Absolutely. ended up starting and it's been the news lately with the nfl and all the crazy protocols yeah. and concussions have been going on there so all of you guys have had success in your own way outside of wrestling which is really really cool yeah and it's it's weird how wow whenever i hear it that it's been over 20 years that just blows my mind because i don't feel old like well I feel old. I just, uh, I, I don't feel like I like, it, like to think that I just turned 46. It's just, it goes to show life goes very, very, very quickly. And um, that's why it's just important to just try to enjoy the ride. You know, yeah. Yeah. It seems like the, the attitude era going into the ruthless aggression era was just yesterday. And I can't I believe know. it's been over 20 years. It's, it's not. And you look at the guys from that, you know, from that time, I mean, obviously, you know, Besides Billy, you know, Billy still somehow looks better and yeah. is, still, is still in the business. But you look at guys from that, you know, from that time and um, your big name guys, a lot of them are, are you know, winding down their careers. Um, you know, your Randy Orton's, you know, John Cena, guys like that's obviously moved into into different, you know, uh, you know different endeavors. But it, it doesn't feel like you know, that like we're, we're all that old. It doesn't feel like we should be, <laughs> we should be wrapping up careers. Yeah. So over 20 years later, and we'll get back to tough enough in just a little bit here over 20 years later, you're working a regular job now. So tell me a little yeah. bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a boring guy now. Um, I actually, I work, I mean, I was just showing you, I mean, I'm in the heart of New York seven, so the heart of wall street. That's the, the, the uh, freedom tower right behind me. Um, I work for a company uh, called Tip Top Capital. We basically uh, we basically give funding uh, for businesses when banks won't offer lending, and you know we deal with you know in all fifty states. Where it's a <laughs> it's a business that found me. Um, it was actually during the 
during the pandemic before this job, I was working with the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And when that, you know, uh, after they signed uh, Kyrie and KD, you know, my department, I, I was, you know, pretty much told bye. And I was looking for something, had no clue uh, about anything in finance. I stumbled on this place. And I basically knew when I got this job that I liked the people that I worked with. And I think that was what is what's kept me here for so long, um, you know, finding new roles, uh, finding something that I didn't even know I would be interested in. I just knew I liked the people that I came to work with every day and was around. You know, it's definitely something that's got its challenges. And every day when I'm you know, riding, you know, I'm the most normal guy on earth now. I take two trains from my house in Jersey into, you know, into the city and two trains home. You know, my, my, uh, my days of limousine riding jet flying, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, 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 for good or for good or for bad, they're behind me. I'll tell you in my real life job, which I won't get too much into here, but I'm just happy. I'm not commuting anymore. I'm now fully remote. So I'm very happy. Oh, with that. How do you like that? It's good. It's good. I mean, and you're always kind of multitasking when you're at home right. and you're always doing other things, uh, the laundry, I, taking care I, of the dog. Yeah, that's what I, I found when I was home too much, my dogs need, require too much of my attention. <laughs> and I, and for me, it's a motivation thing. I, I just, I need to be motivated to get out of my house because I'm the biggest homebody on earth. Like I, my, I tell people all the time to me, the, the best plans are canceled ones. So like if I have somebody that like someplace I'm supposed to be and somebody calls and says, yeah, no, nah, that's canceled. I'm like that. Yes. Thank you. I didn't want to go anyway. I'd rather be at home and watch Netflix. So <laughs> I need a reason to leave my house <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I could literally sit. I've probably watched Yellowstone five times oh, the man. entire whole, all five, you know, you know, four seasons. Yeah. So I need a reason to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. My wife's really into Yellowstone. She has oh my gosh. now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you tell your wife, uh, uh, me and her share that, you know, we, we definitely share that love. I, uh, I, I could watch it over and over. And I, I even go on the, um, YouTube shows and watch the, what they say about it afterwards. I'm like, ah, I didn't, I didn't, didn't get, pick up on that. <laughs> Cool stuff. So now take me back to the tough enough process way back in the day. Where were you and what were you doing when you heard about tough enough happening? Uh, I was actually a school teacher. I was living in Portland, Oregon. I was in my second year teaching sixth grade and I was a high school uh, baseball coach at the time. My, I played you know baseball all through high school, college. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't want to say you know, once that was over, because I was still pursuing smallly uh, a dream of, of playing professional baseball, but I wasn't good enough. I mean, and that's, you know, I was told by scouts, you know, you know you're good, but you're not that good, you know, but I was still, I, I still had a little bit of competitive juices in me. And yeah, just being a wrestling fan, you know, my entire life, you know, I think me and my roommate was watching Mon Monday Night Raw and Jim Ross, you know, said it, you know, you ever want to be a wrestler? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and that's where I first heard about, heard about Tough Enough. I heard about the opportunity. And that's when I, uh, I literally sent, my, my, Mike, I sent a video in as a joke, like a legit shoot joke. 
thinking there's no way in hell they're going to pick me. Got a call, um, hung up on them because I thought it was a joke. And, oh, my gosh, I want to say probably two weeks later, I was here in New York for the first time auditioning. And then a week after that auditioning process, um, I was moving into the house. So within a month period of my life, everything changed. Everything. So that moved pretty quick. Wow. It was very quickly. Uh, because I sent my video in for Tough Enough the last day that they were accepting postmarks for videos. Yeah. Great. So I almost didn't make it because of procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> and then you won the whole thing, but <laughs> yeah, that's this. And oh my 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 roommate at the time, he's he's often said, he's like, what if you know, what if the mail wasn't running that day? Or what if if something happened and they didn't get your your video? Mm-hmm. It, my life would be completely different. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know what I'd be doing, but, um, you know, I'd like to still think maybe, maybe I would have pursued wrestling. I don't know. I could have been, you could have been talking to a tough enough champion from season two or three, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And getting onto the cast, how did that work out for you with the auditions and everything like that? Uh, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I can only speak for my, I went to Jacqueline during my auditions and Taz called me out on that. And I, you know, wholeheartedly believe that's what got me on the show. I think they were looking for, for, for lack of a better word, for characters, for just somebody that would be, you know, interesting. That got their attention. And that, you know, just winking at Jackie uh, did it. And then the rest of the cast, I mean, it was, you know, there was a little bit of everything. I mean, we had the, the bodybuilder, Jason. We had the big football player and Daryl who, uh, who, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he wants to be known for it, but he's the one that Hunter, during the, in the video that everybody's seen where his balls are hanging out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a wide variety of people. But like I, I what I always tell people, I still can't believe out of a house with 13 people in it with their dream, eight people quit. You know, whenever people talk about tough enough and if it was, you know, yeah, you guys had the easy route. Now, eight people, it was hard enough to where eight people said, nah, this ain't for me. And they left and went home. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I always, uh, I always say the, the thing that I'm most proud of isn't the fact that I won. It's the fact that I went through the entire training and never took a day, never took like a rep off. I went through it all and just, uh, you know, put my nose down and said, if this is what I want to do, if this is what I'm, I'm here to do, I'm going to give it 100%. And what was it like working with people like Al Snow, Taz, and Bob Holly? And I've had a chance to kind of interact a little bit with Al Snow over the last couple of years. And he's a really funny guy, nice yeah. guy, but he was kind of a hard ass back then, wasn't he? I, he was intense, you know? And um, I mean, I think that, that what we were, t- what they were, were trying to do with us was get us ready for live television in what usually takes a couple year period, they were trying to do it with us in a few months. And, you know, and in that case, when you're trying to do that, when you're, when your ultimate goal is that, you know, you have to be, you have to weed out the people that don't really want to be there, the people that can't do it, and the people that um, are only there to be on television. And Al did that, you know, my cat, my, the trainers on mine was, was uh, Al, Taz, and Jackie and Tori. Okay. Um, and you know, I mean, Taz was a good mixture when he would come in because he was just hard nosed, just just tough. And then Al, you know, was more more like our our father figure. But 
he demanded respect. And the minute you didn't respect him, he would get that respect. He would take it. So I could not be happier with the trainers I had. I, I feel like they prepared me for, for what the wrestling business really was. Oh, Holly was later season, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. I want to say Holly was season two. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think two or three. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I know he had some runs with some guys later on too in future yeah. seasons. Yeah. Or, yeah. God rest his soul. Cap Matt Capitelli. Yeah. And I was actually Former. there for, I was there for that incident. I watched it. I was ringside when all that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now during the show, did you gravitate toward any of the cast members on the show in terms of friendships? Oh yeah. Josh. I mean, I think from day one, Josh and I were, were like that. And I mean, we, you know, we, we just had similar, very similar, similar interests. I mean, whether it was from our, from our interest in wrestling or our interest in, you know, football, you know, we just liked a lot of the same stuff. Um, we found a lot of the same stuff funny and yeah, he and I, that's why I'm glad he and I were, I mean, you know, till through till the end, I'm glad like neither one of us left midway through. Um, and if Josh would have won, I would have been the first one to congratulate him. And was there ever any connection with Josh later on in life when, okay, maybe like he's in TNA impact now he's kind of on the upper brass there. Did you look for a job there later on after everything dried up with free wrestling wise? Nah, I'm not, I, I'm not the type of person that like, I, I never want to be that person that when my phone rings, someone says, ah, what does he want? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, no, I, I'm happy for Josh's success. Um, I, but I would never, you know, I would never take a uh, take the liberties with with the friendship that we have. Now he's had an amazing path as well. He really yeah. didn't do much in ring, but he became an announcer, an interviewer, and now he's an executive at Impact yeah. Wrestling. That's yeah. a really really cool path. Oh, he's the Kevin Dunn of, uh, and you know, for everybody that knows WWE, Kevin Dunn is the guy that that gets the show, you know, runs the show from the truck, and that's what Josh is. Uh, for impact, I'm ha- I could not be happier with the success that Josh has found. But Josh is very talented. It's nothing's been handed to him. You know, he's he's earned every bit of success that he has. Absolutely, and he's a region rat too, which is Northwest Indiana, just outside of yeah. Chicago. By extension, right. he's kind of a Chicago guy, so that's cool right. to see. Yeah, I know. When uh, when I saw him for uh, the show a few months ago, uh, he was you know telling me about his family and everything, and and I guess he moved there. I think his wife is uh, from from that area. So, yeah. So how hard was it really to win that contract? Now, did the TV portrayal of the training do it justice? Probably not. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was like boot camp. You know, if they could have a boot camp for wrestling, that's basically what it was. And it was, uh, I mean, every day was, was tough. Um, you know, your body hurt every day. It was something that, you know, you just had to you suck up. And I remember many times saying, hey, if this is really what I want, you know, because I could leave right now and go back and probably get my teaching job back. Um, but I knew I knew that you know, it was it was definitely, you know, the the path that that I wanted to pursue. I didn't know how it was going to end up, but I knew I wanted to give it 100 percent while I was there. So, and I'm glad I did. And now you had the contract, you got to the WWE main roster and 
I know everybody asks you about limiting the Undertaker with the famous trap kick at the 2002 uh, Royal Rumble. No one's ever asked me that. You can be the first. <laughs> but I'll ask you this: What is your favorite WWE moment other than that? Oh, it's, that's no, that's actually a great question. Um, <clears throat> everyone assumes that that's my favorite moment. It's not. It's not. It's the moment that put me on the map. It's definitely the moment that gave me a career. My favorite moment was after WrestleMania. I want to say, I think 21 in LA, the night after the Raw after, Simon Dean and I we were tagging at the time, and it was in Staples Center, and we did a, a, a segment with Stone Cold. And Stone Cold comes out and I slap Simon and he spills the shake on Stone Cold. And, you know, <laughs> And just the mere fact that he had everyone in the Staples Center flipping me off, and then um, you know, then I got to take a stunner in the Staples Center. By far, my oh, still that was the most fun I had in a WWE. Just being, I remember standing in that ring and looking around at everybody flipping me off, and then seeing you know just how at, in the palm of his hands, you know, Steve had the entire crowd. That was. So cool. When I did the stuff with Taker, I was terrified. I was literally terrified that I was going to mess up. So I didn't get to you know, sit back and enjoy that. The stuff with Steve, I did. Yeah, I vaguely remember that now that you bring that up. You yeah. know, I guess it was like a little bump and Simon spilled the shake and uh, exactly yeah. you got the heat for it. Oh, yeah. And it was just so much. And, and it was like, you know, of course, we had lines and stuff, and we had to, you know, deliver. But it wasn't like a full match. You know, it was, you know, just us. So it was, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was, you know, it didn't have the the the, the highlights. So I got to worry about hitting the time cue or, you know, so-and-so giving me their finish or whatever. It was just going out there and having fun. And, you know, Steve is going to, he's impossible not to be entertaining. So I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> and yeah, it was that's the most fun I had in the ring my entire career. That's awesome. And you teamed yeah. me up with uh, Simon Dean at that point, Mike Bucci, aka oh. Nova. And congratulations to him. He just had his hey, final God, match of his man. career. Yep. Yeah. Long yeah. career, too. I mean, he was, I mean, his career spans back to the, I mean, I think he was doing in the Indies in the mid 90s, you know. So think about how long ago that was. Yeah. A lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that probably, you know, listen to your show weren't even alive in the mid nineties. Yeah, know? it's very so, possible. Yep. Yeah. So uh, for the, the career that he's had, and for those that don't know, he does a lot in the community now, mm-hmm. a lot. He re- He's one of the guys that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't talk about making a difference. He goes out and he does it on a daily basis. I could not have more respect for anybody. And he taught me so much in the business. You know, he helped me tremend- a tremendous amount. Yeah, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he just does so many things for the community. And I heard he might be a Cowboys fan, too, just, just by looking at some of his posts. I think I get that inclination that he's a Cowboys fan. Well, not every, no, no one can be perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm a Bears fan, so I know what it's like. I, that, I wasn't shocked by that. Hey, you guys look like you might have a quarterback. Yes, he, very happy. If, if he can learn how to throw, because he did you did you realize did you know that that Fields already has the record for the most fifty yard TD runs by a quarterback ever? 
Yes, sir. I do know that. <laughs> that's insane. Like that just blows my mind that he's nope. already got that record. And he he's shown flashes of the deep ball in the, in the most recent game against the Packers. A couple of nice deep shots he hit in that game. He here's what's going to happen. He's going to learn right now. And and for for anybody that knows football, here's why running quarterbacks run so much early in their career. They know that when the play breaks down, that's what they can go to. They don't know how to really go through their progressions yet. So once their first or second progression isn't there. Do what you're do what God gave you. Yeah. And remember like Michael Vick, that's what he used to do. Absolutely. And, and when you're that good at something and you're that elusive and that fast, you want to do it. You know, if I was the world's best speller, I'd spell every word under the sun if I had a chance. <laughs> you know, so of course, if you're that good at running, you're gonna want to do it. But once he learns um how to get through his progressions, you know, he'll probably slow down on the running. And I mean, I think he's going to be a great quarterback because the kid's got a camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with hey, you. I'm a commander's fan. I oh, wish yeah. we had him. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like Ron Rivera. Much respect for him from his days with the 85 Bears. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Backup linebacker on that team. Yep. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. And now uh, you were in WWE for almost four years, correct? Uh, yeah, well, over four years. A little over four? Uh, yeah. Yeah, now what did you take from that experience? I, I would say just, just how, how to be a professional. Because there's, there's a difference in being a professional wrestler and just being a professional. I mean, anybody can learn the moves, go out and go to shows and do it. But you, just ha- you have to learn how to be professional. And by that, you have to learn how to just conduct yourself backstage. You have to learn how to make sure that you get from town to town. You have to learn how to make sure you're eating right. So your, you know, your body stays as fit as, as possible. And all that stuff is, 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 I mean, I think that people think that they, they do that for you or they, you know, have people, they don't, you know, they, they get you from one town to the next by way of an airplane. And other than that, the rest of it's on you. If you let your body go, that's on you. You're going to get taken off television. If you don't get a rental car to get from one town to the next, that's on you. If you oversleep your, um, you know, and you're, you miss your wake-up call in a hotel, that's on you. So you have to learn how to become a professional. And um, I, th- I would say that's what I took, you know, the most, you know, away from it the most. Eventually, when I was first re- started as a wrestler, they paid me to wrestle because it was so tough. Eventually, once the wrestling becomes the easier part, then they paid me to travel because that's what becomes the hard part of the job. And just learning how to mix the two together is uh, that's what I took mostly from my time in WWE. You did some stuff for TNA Impact after that, and you did some indie stuff later on as well. But what was it like for you once your wrestling career on a full-time basis was over? Uh, Just looking for the next, you know, for, for the next challenge. For me, you know, and and I enjoyed, I actually became a better wrestler once I left the WWE, once I was able to do stuff. Um, I wrestled with with Billy Gunn a lot, with, uh, you know, D-Lo. But for me, it was just, I wanted to just look, you know, you know, just just find what the next challenge was. I worked, I had a hosting gig on BET, I had an R&B show on BET, and then I landed on HSN. And anyone that wants to make fun of the Home Shopping Network, man, that was the best job on earth on earth i'd give anything to have it back i worked a couple days a week made a good amount of money and i was just you know talking selling 
Yeah, hey, sell sell this cup. Okay. <laughs> features and benefits. Everything. Every that's what you learn in, in that. Feature everything, features and benefits. Talk about the features and how it benefits somebody. It, it happened uh, just fears after your WWE career. You had some uh, addiction issues, including OxyContin. And WWE actually helped you out with some rehab stuff. So what was that time like for you? Uh, they, they actually didn't help me. They, um, oh, they didn't? Okay. No, they, they offered. They offered? They, okay. they did. They, uh, they reached okay. out. They offered their help. Um, I, uh, you know, I got myself in that issue, that, that, that situation. And um, uh, I, you know, I, I did go to rehab, but it was before. Um, before they were paying for it and okay. yeah it was just just one of those things in life that you know I mean everybody's got demons and unfortunately my demons came in the way of uh you know your painkillers probably mm -hmm. be a demon that that I'll have until the day that I die you know and, and it's something that had you know had the better of me I encourage anybody anybody that if they have an addiction issue you can't beat addiction if you're doing it for someone else, you have to be ready to do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that I, I did learn. When you go to, when you go into rehab, they tell you if you're here for your wife, for your kids or for whoever, you will fail. You have to be there for yourself. And, you know, the, the one thing, you know, I try to, you know, just live every day now is, you know, wh whether I'm doing something, you know, for work, for home, whatever, got to be for me. Yeah, and that OxyContin's no joke. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that series called Dope Sick on Apple TV Plus, but and uh, some of the trials and tribulations people went through while uh, being on that. Man, it was it's, really it's rough. the same reason I can't watch the movie The Wrestler. It hits a little too close to home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy stuff. I, I, actually, I watch. I watch. I watched The Wrestler. I watched half of it and I walked mm -hmm. out of the theater. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, it was just like obviously they dramatized a lot of it, but a lot mm -hmm. of they didn't like. Like a lot of it is, you know, that's <laughs> hell. I knew guys, guys just like that, you know, and, and it was just a little too close to home. So, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really good portrayal. And yeah, it, it is, it's got parts of it that's, yeah, that's really hits deep. It does. And it's, it hits accurate. Uh, you know, I mean, everything from, you know, the drug use to the, to the, you know, I'm not a guy that's hot, you know, hit the fact that I, you know, I'm, my fair share of steroids while I was in the business. And, you know, it's just one of the, one of the things that there's a price, there's a price to everything in life. Mm -hmm. And you got to be willing to either pay that price, but if you do, don't be, don't be sad when, when, when the cost, you know, comes your way. I'm certainly glad you were able to persevere through that and you had a pretty good living right now. You know what? Day to day, brother. I mean, it's, it's every day is just, you know, some days are, are better than others. Some days are great. Some days are, 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 are challenging, but you know, I will never, you know, look at, at any, any part of my past, whether good or bad and think it defines me. I hate it when somebody uh, is defined by the, their worst moment in life. Yeah. And thus you shouldn't, I like, I don't want to be judged. Like, like God forbid the day I die. I don't want people to be like, that's the tough enough guy. They probably will. But I hope there's just so much other stuff that people can say. You know, I, man, he was a he was a good guy. He was a nice guy. You know, he wasn't an asshole. He was, you know, he helped whoever he could. Um, just like anytime I have anybody hire me to do a sign, I'll tell them straight up. I won't be I'll, I won't be the biggest name guy you could bring in. I won't be. 
You could have way bigger name guys you bring in. But I guarantee you, you'll have no one sitting at a table that'll treat the fans that come to meet me any better than I will. I'll take the time. I will look them in the eye. I will, you know, I won't try to just rush them through. And that's how I try to make up for it. And you know what? If at the end of my days, if people say, you know what? I met him at a signing in DeKalb. And he was just a nice guy. I'm perfectly fine with that. Way over the, hey, he wasn't tough enough. <laughs> now, you'll still partake in some wrestling stuff from time to time. Like your, <laughs> like your stuff with GCW, Game Changer Wrestling. At yeah. WrestleMania weekend this year in Dallas, you were part of this monstrosity called the, uh, pardon my language, the Clusterfuck Battle Royal. Yeah. So what was that experience like? It was it was fun for one. I mean, I obviously you know knew G, knew of GCW just from you know the, just online. Um, I actually don't follow programming anymore. I don't watch. It's too hard. It's like watching my ex girlfriend go on a new date every week, and I don't want to see that. So why would I? it's just tough? But I had the opportunity through Card Matt Cardona. Um, you know, he was like, "You want to be in this in this match?" And I was like. You know, why not? And it was crazy because the the show itself started at midnight. And I had never done a show that started at midnight. By the time we started the clusterfuck, I want to say it was probably three in the morning. <laughs> and then we go into this battle royal. I went out. Um, you know, I think it was Joey Janela. Uh, oh, my God. Jimmy Yang's daughter was was you know, in it. With, mm-hmm. I got to drop kick her. Um uh, I think Blake Christian. Yep. Was I got to throw a couple drop kicks and then make my way into Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which I don't know how that happened, but it was just a lot of fun. And then that led me to, uh, you know, work with GCW again to do Cardona and Chelsea's wedding. I saw that. Yeah. As That's an funny. ordained minister, which I am. Nice. <laughs> Another thing that you and my wife have in common, you can marry people too. Yeah. I actually, a buddy of mine that I used to, a buddy of mine that hosted with me named Todd Newton on HSN, back, I would say seven or eight years ago, he was like, you should get ordained. I guarantee you there's people that would probably pay you to, to uh, you know, do their ceremony. And once you go online and realize how ridiculously easy it is to get ordained, I was like, ah, sure, why not? And then I, t- I somehow told Cardona that, and, and then that's what led to, to me doing uh, the stuff with him. Yeah, Matt's a pretty cool dude. I got to meet him a couple of years ago. Yeah. I got a story I could probably share with you off air about how cool he uh, is. Yeah, Matt, you, I, you know, for my, you know, for my money, there's very few people that are more talented than Matt. I mean, they're very, very few. I mean, and that list might be Randy Orton, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like for my money, I think Cardona's just like he's just the, as talented as it gets. Because the guy can talk, he looks great, and he can wrestle his tail off. And he's got a phenomenal gimmick. And he's got a great toy collection. (laughs) Guys, like literally, I mean, if if I had if I owned a wrestling company, he would be the first guy that I call. And it was a talent. Yeah, it wouldn't even be close. Yeah, he's a talent son of a gun. I got to see him at this wrestling showcase event in the Chicago area during AEW's All Out Weekend this summer. Yeah, he just put on a hell of a performance that day as well. It was really a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he's amazing. Now, do you keep in touch with any of the old tough enough folks or anyone from your WWE uh, career? 
Josh, I mean, from WWE, yeah. Literally, from Tough Enough, Josh, I saw him, like, a couple, like I said, a couple weeks ago. That's literally the first time that I've seen him in years. I mean, yeah, from, from my WWE days, oh, yeah. I mean, I talk to Jindrak probably every day. Uh, Devon, I still talk to, you know, quite a bit. You know, hit here and there, you know, running across, running across people. Hmm. Now, looking back at your wrestling experience as a whole, what do you think your legacy is in this business? Unfortunately, it'll be either the Tough Enough or the, the Undertaker thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I hope, what I would hope it would be, would be that a regular guy, a guy that, that, that was a fan was able to, to, to transition. And I think that's what separates. And I think that's what makes professional wrestling so amazing. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're a big, you can be the biggest football fan on the, on earth. You're not going to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You die. You could be the biggest baseball fan on earth. They're not going to let you go up and face a 98 mile an hour fastball, you know, from a raw to Chapman. They're just not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to succeed. In our business, I was a fan, and I was able to transition from a fan to a worker and ha- make a career out of it. And I think that's what makes you know wrestling, you know, just special in its own right. All right, Maven, before I let you go, uh, go ahead and plug whatever social media you might have. I know you don't have a ton of it. No, uh, I, I, I just got an Instagram not too long ago. Yep. Um, I, what is it? I think it's Maven Huffman. Yep. I believe so. Yeah. But that's that. Yeah, that's and I don't put too much stuff out there. Uh, you know, I'll put some stuff here from work or if I'm doing some some shows. But yeah, on you know, Instagram, IG, Maven Huffman. Any upcoming wrestling projects or just projects in general? I do a lot of stuff with ISPW. With uh, you probably know the name Tommy Fierro. Uh, yes. Big, yeah, yes. big indie indie guy. I you know probably shoot a year or two ago ran into him at a show and he and I became quick friends. And I mean just I mean wrestling lifer and knows everything knows knows everyone and just super great guy to work for could not be i you know if if every indie show was ran like tommy runs his shows the wrestling business wouldn't have a bad name at all because he truly gives his heart and soul to it and i'm happy to just be a small part of it all right maven thank you so much for coming on talking about your your career and your life with windy city slam mike next time get your wife and her and i will talk about uh Talk about Yellowstone and what we think is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to maybe bring her on. <laughs> Definitely. Mike, it was my pleasure, my friend. Had so much fun talking to Maven. It was a great interview. And special thanks to Mo Lightning who helped facilitate this interview between me and Maven. Terrific job by Mo and great interview with Maven. And now we're, we're kind of friends. It's, it's really cool. And uh, Maven did a great job of doing some promotion for this show on his end as well. And great to have him on the show. And hopefully we'll have him on again down the line. All right, next week we're heading toward the end of the year. And we're going to preview AAW Pro's Unstoppable at Logan Square Auditorium. And with that, we're bringing on a first-time guest. 
She's the number one contender to the AAW Women's Championship and the current Chicago-style Women's Champion. Coming to us from north of the Illinois-Wisconsin border, Sierra. And you can catch that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.